Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. The compact disc turned 40 years ago this week. Hard to believe that it's been 40 years. And it is now pretty much obsolete. However, how many copies did it sell last year? Are them, they? A ton. I looked that, yeah, yeah, I looked that up. Million and I, still. T- I mean, yeah, way, way, way more than we thought. <laughs> and you know. so you ask on Facebook, what was the first one you ever bought? Now, I yes. don't know how people have these kind of great memories. I have no idea. Mm. I recall I don't either. The, I the last one I bought uh, was when Sgt. Pepper's was released in that new form with outtakes and all that stuff. I bought that one, I think, was the last one I ever bought. Uh, but who? what was the first one these people ever bought? This is hilarious. We got tons of comments. And I'm trying to think of mine, too. You remember your first album, but you don't remember your first CD? I do. Uh, Jill what says, pretty it, sure... Wes? On mine, the, yeah. I, I remember the first and the last one. The first one I bought was when I got a CD player for the first time, and I that same day I got a CD copy of Dark Side of the Moon so I could hear the whole thing from the beginning to the end without having to stop and flip the record over. <laughs> there you go. And, yep. and, and also, I put it on repeat, and this is something you mentioned in this music cast of yours about how the heartbeat carries on from the end of the album Yes. On into the beginning. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why, yeah. It's, and the and heartbeat is in there in us and them and in uh, yeah. other songs too. So mm-hmm. the, the heartbeat is, and the heartbeat was created by a certain kind of, they, they did something with a, with a bass drum, added some kind of effect to give it that, that heartbeat sound. So cool. Yeah. That was, that was in, yeah, you know, all these albums that we are so, you know, burnt out on, when you get into them on these podcasting things that I do, you get a whole new look at them, and they aren't so, you know, tiring, and you're just not, you know, burnt on the whole thing. When you get into it and hear the band comment about it, it's it's a whole new look at albums like that. Pretty good stuff. And you do a great job with with those, too. So people need to just watch the top of the Facebook page. I update the times when your music cast Between the Grooves airs. So so they'll know. Chris says, women and children first. Funny thing is, I didn't have a CD player at the time. My friend said, get the CD and use mine to record it to cassette. LOL. Okay. All right. That works. So there you go. Lauren says, I can't remember 40 minutes ago. Laughing face. Yeah. Good point. Jason says, Beastie Boys licensed to ill. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina got Steely Dan. Aha, still one of my favorites. Oh, I she bet says. That sounded good. Asia. Uh, Asia. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, why did I say aha? I, I can't read. That was a band uh, that had one hit and went away. Yeah. Take in the on U.S. Me. in Europe, they did a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Wes, Wes knows about all these weird ass. No. Um, Ty says I think it was the Cult's Love CD. That was my favorite one ever from the Cult. Uh, just. Justin says, Michael Jackson, Dangerous, and Paula Abdul, Forever Your Girl. You a bitch, boyfriend. Gene says, too, Waylon Jennings' Greatest Hits and Band on the Run, Wings. Hmm. Uh, two good choices, yeah. Yeah. What is, and I'm going to say this wrong, Spratch Zarathstra? 
to test speaker had to test speakers. What is that? What the also Svak so, Zathra? Uh, also, from yes. What is that? Zathra whatever it's called. Yeah, dun, oh my God. Who? What dun, is that? Dun 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 from two thousand one. Oh, okay. Sprock zero three stars. I don't know how to say. Sprat. A totally irrelevant story about that. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Randy says the Eagles' greatest hits. Okay. Mike says Scorpions love it for Sting. Hell yes. Rolling Stones hot rocks from Ken. Metallica master of puppets says Bob. Okay, Bob, you're a badass. Shane, Steve Vai, passion and warfare. <laughs> David says, I can't remember either Ozzy, No More Tears, or Megadeth Countdown to Extinction. Both perfect albums. Both. Ooh, Christy, and I have this one still, the singles movie soundtrack, which is so good. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, the okay. singles, remember the, the, the movie called Singles? 90s. The soundtrack is really good. Rom it has com. a lot of good 90s, 90s songs on it. I'll buy it tonight from Amazon. You'll hate it. Tony says Aerosmith Classics Live. Okay. Rachel Soundgarden Super Unknown. That's good. Good choice. Joshua Tree by U2 says Gary. That's a good Queen's one. Gre- Queen's Greatest Hits, roughly in 93, says Daniel. Ooh, Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers. I bet my brother and I had that on a tape. Um, <laughs> uh, ooh, Judy says, not sure. I worked at a record store when they came out, so mostly I got promo copies for free. And was around so much good stuff, no telling what I bought. That's a good Just point. Rub it in, guys never yeah, bought one too. CD until they left radio because they were all for free. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's why I, I think I can't remember because, yeah, they were, they were free. Well, um, that, Sean, in, go ahead. And that last one I, I said I bought was uh, Lettuce Morissette Jagged Little Pill because all the promotional copies that the company sent out to radio censored the, uh, the F word right in the middle of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did. Yeah. 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 Damn them. Uh, Sean says innuendo from Queen. Oh, that's good. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Huey Lewis and Huey Lewis in the News Four says Christopher. Corn self-titled. Oh my God, this is funny. Somebody named Keith says Samantha Fox. Touch me. Nineteen eighty-six German edition. But don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there, pleasure. bro. Yeah. Keep it to told. your to yourself. All right. No. No jacket required. Phil Collins. I remember that one. Yeah, OU812, like, Van Halen. OU812. Oh, this is OU812. John says, whatever. <laughs> okay, I was a member of this crap too. John says, whatever Columbia House gave me a deal for on for a penny. That was the only way I could afford the switch from tapes to CDs. <laughs> what a flash. Oh, yeah. I remember flash being about 13 years old and I saw that thing in a magazine or something yeah and and i and uh i thought 13 albums for one cent okay whoever thought that up was really a dumbass because i ordered that to a vacant house next door to ours and they brought it i had 13 new albums and that i stole Bad karma. I'm and then, sorry. I was young stupid. Every <laughs> month, another album showed yep. up there because you had to opt out of getting the monthly yeah, yeah, selection. Yeah, I think that I somebody pissed. got hip to it, though, and they shut me down. I don't remember how that worked out, but that first 13 was pretty strong, though. I bet. God. What'd you uh, get? Well, fell, a, fell a few more that. here. Pro, uh, Billy says Pearl Jam 10, uh, Synchronicity. 
Uh, Damon says, honeymoon suite, I feel shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, Damon. yes, as you should. They uh, know what I right. wonder. Yeah. Uh, Chris says, the cult Sonic Temple, they, she, he or she still has it and still plays it. What, fire in your ass? Um, oh, my God, I remember that. A lot fire in your ass. Two people have said the ace of base. What the? Oh, wow, uh, the sign was huge. I guess. Yeah. James says in utero. That'd be Nirvana. Uh, Norman Elvis Aloha from Hawaii. Nice. That ain't bad. Be- nice going. Yeah. Best of the Doors. Billy Joel River of Dreams. Green Day Insomniac. People that buy best ofs are lazy, I think, but. Well, at the time, those were pricey, especially CDs. Record companies, the profit on an individual CD was ridiculous to the record companies. But they were easy to shoplift, too. Well, that's why they started, only in the U.S. did they start uh, packaging them in those super long uh, cardboard rectangles. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was specifically because they were easy to shoplift. Right. Uh, Derek says, "Fantastic voyage from Coolio." That was that was. Did I have that? I don't know. Um, Zeppelin two, Stevie Ray and Jimmy Vaughn, Family Style, and Vanilla Ice says right. Andrew. Can all winners? Well, at least you have versatile taste. All right, that's enough. That's good. Yeah, thank, they were, you. thank you for playing. Yeah, thanks for answering. That's that's they're funny to read. Yeah, watch the Facebook because it puts up really good, you know, thought-provoking things on there all the time. Facebook is, um, well, it's up there wherever you find Facebook. I have no yes, idea. Yes, we like to hear this, from you, so thanks. I'm sure we do. We, yeah, we love it. This is Drake Digital. I kept this quote from a few weeks back because I found it uh, to be pretty profound. The quote was, the way that society treats its books is a harbinger of its fate. All right. Like that, that is worth pondering. That is um, a considering all the absurd things about banning of books and the ones that they choose to ban. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, I, there are no there's no reason to get get deeply into it. It's just an insult to so many people. And uh, you can control what your kids read or that I. This is an overblown concept based upon. Insecure politicians who are, are afraid of everything that might lead to the youth of America being offended or hurted or being taught the wrong things or going back and um, trying to cover up what history has done to people and all of these things and anything sexual, God forbid. If you don't think, think that your kids at eight and nine already know that there are boys and girls and there is something about them that are different yet they go together some way. Uh, but let's not give them education about it. Let's just hide all the parts that we don't want them to know, which will make them want to find out even more. Uh, yep. So that being said, uh, Sid found this list of, now I wonder in the media, which is so uh, remarkably just screwed up because there's too much of it. Some of it's fake, some of it's not. The facts don't matter in most cases. This list, however, that Sid found turned out to be incorrect. It was a phony. What's the story on this, Sidney? Well, somebody texted us this link to this Snopes story. So that was because we were talking about it the other day. And apparently a a number of high-profile accounts 
shared the list as if it was real. Uh, um, it was posted to social media in August of 2022, depicting, quote, the books banned from schools and libraries in Florida. And it's, it's uh, yeah, there, it's, a, it's true an effort was underway in some school districts, you know, in the country. And, but, but the list that was being shared, which includes like The Color Purple, A Wrinkle in Time, The Catcher in the Rye, was not an authentic list of banned books statewide. And they, a press secretary for our friend Ron DeSantis, haha, confirmed it was fake in an emailed statement sent to Snopes. The image is fake, but it was being spread around by tons of people as though it. And it's got like uh, uh, what else is on here? The Handmaid's Tale of Mice and Men, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, Forever, The Kite Runner to Kill a Mockingbird, Harry Potter series. The Grapes of Wrath, Lord of the Flies, 1984, The Call of the Wild, Bridge to Terabithia. I remember having to read that, but I have no idea what it's about. And I know why the caged birds bird sings, and like five others on this list. But many of those books do show up on other lists that we've seen before. That we've right. seen, yeah, yeah. Um, so did this but, list originate from Florida, and it was all wrong? Or is Go it? Ahead. I don't. I don't know who this originated. I don't know where, but in August of 2022. And it's, but it's a completely, some, it says some of the listed books are specifically mentioned in Florida's benchmarks for excellent student thinking standards or whatever. There are literacy standards put in place after DeSantis eliminated. There's some of the all time classic literature pieces of in forever. But so, I guess there were no state level book bans in Florida. That I guess, uh, yeah, that's that, what what people were sharing that was false. Okay, that was that was my question. Is the the list that went around that was fake was saying these are banned in the state of Florida for the schools there? But, but it's not true in its entirety. It's a maybe but, a suggestion that some of them are, but. But some of them, are, some list. or all of them, might be banned in particular school districts across the state. But there's not right. one overall list for overall, the state. Overall, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's what it means. Um, but 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 somebody heard us talking about it the other day, and sent us the the uh, the link to uh, to the Snopes.com fact check thing. But uh, anyway, you know, I, I was mean, still uh, uh, over the weekend. I uh, jotted this down. Because I just thought about, you know, where does this end? Uh, if it's with books right now, and it's about the education of our children and what they should and shouldn't see, uh, and the more you try to hide this from them, the more that they want to know about it. It's like, you know, someone said, if you want kids to read the Bible, ban it. And they'll be buying it, uh, you know, constantly. Where does this go when we get down to song lyrics? The other night, I was I had the uh, us on uh, in my headphones, and I listened to the Stones' "Mother's Little Helper." The song is about your mother doing drugs, and it's about drugs in general, pills uh, for this and pills for that. And my mind ran on to the topics of many rock and roll songs: sex, drugs, more sex, more drugs, drinking partying when do we start to try to ban songs on the radio and elsewhere i mean uh, is that next or is that just too insurmountable of a task 
1986 uh, and the uh, Tipper Gores group. There's your answer. Well, we I covered that last Ooh. week. Yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And that went nowhere. Christ, she was in, you know, record stores trying to put. You know, she ended up putting some stickers on some records, and that that the biggest or one of the uh, songs that was a problem was Ozzy Osbourne and Suicide Solution. Because oh, yeah. some kid offed himself due to that song, which I believe helped uh, propel her into this this nightmarish thing of trying to you know censor the lyrics of artists. And if you do that, and it's t it's too big of a task, as is this this thing with books. And I just all the outrage and the hand wringing and the angst about this, I think maybe a waste of time. Because you're never going to hide these books. You can do this in the interest of just showing what a caring conservative you are. And there's one thing to be a caring conservative and one to be a complete asshole with no grounds or basis for anything you're doing. You're not going to hide this stuff from children. Children tend to grow up. Yeah. And then they want to know what, you know, what they've missed. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, and Ozzy was found not guilty of that at all. Right. The plaintiffs of failed course. completely. So it, it, it had nothing to do with the song. They were just looking for a scapegoat. And yeah, it went nowhere in the 80s, so, but that's not going to stop people from trying again if they think they can get votes for trying. I'm not exactly. convinced they care at all if they succeed or not. They oh, just want to be that. shown as doing it and getting yep. people to vote for them because they're trying to save the children. Yeah, I just, um, the more that I watch news and watch headlines and watch the crumbling of society uh, over culture wars and just ridiculous things, when the important things are overlooked constantly, I'm, I'm just convinced that this is um, a lot of noise that may not be as much of an issue as we think it is. It's politicians and the media, and they conspire to lay all these things on us and leave us in fear of everything. But I'm not so sure that uh, that on the ground level of this, uh, in the in the trenches, that it's really that big of a deal. It's politicians running their mouth to console the concerned, freaked out, uninformed people that keep having babies that shouldn't. But we could bitch about this forever. But, you know, it's just it's just maddening. All right, there you go. That's our current bitch. This is Drake Digital. All right, uh, movie reviews, movie... Uh, I think that people sometimes read those and respond to them uh, by not going to a film. And then they realize that they messed up. Some of these things like Rotten Tomatoes, they seem to be pretty accurate. Um, but it's all in the eye. I, you know, critics are a dime a dozen, and who cares what they think, really? But they've made a good living being assholes for a long time. And uh, yeah. But this one is a story about movies explained so badly that they're brilliant. Are they critics or are they just average people? No, these are just people. There is a whole oh. subreddit developed uh, around these these things here. And someone uh, at uh, Sad and Useless just compiled several of them. So 
these okay. yeah so this first one here is the movie description is called talking frog convinces son to kill his dad the picture okay. is from empire strikes back with yoda on luke's back uh-huh. <laughs> talking frog <laughs> you go did you ever well i'd never saw it but you you remember that movie uh that horror movie uh human centipede or whatever it was three people no. get stitched together oh no. god real no yeah small town either. doctor brings three people closer together is the description uh-huh Okay. Okay. This movie is described as family's first Airbnb experience goes very wrong. Here's Johnny. Oh. <laughs> okay. This is uh, Tom Hanks on the island screaming at Wilson, and the caption description of this movie is, Man with one ball has hard time getting a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's pretty good. This movie is uh, described as a young man forcibly binds other men and photographs them for money. It's Spider-Man who webs up criminals and takes their pictures. pictures. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This very bad description of The Matrix uh, says that this movie is a group of friends decide to spend less time online. (laughs) Okay. This movie description is illegal immigrant chased by the feds. It's E.T. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This bad movie description is a guy comes across a dead body in the forest and kisses her while seven other guys watch. Snow White. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Old man obsessively stalks teenage girl. There's the bad description for the whole Twilight series. Okay. I never did get into that one too much. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. it. Me neither. Uh, Shrek's movies are described as an overweight loner with poor hygiene and social skills goes on a quest to get rid of the minorities invading his homeland. <laughs> Which That's pretty is good accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. This one has been floating around for years. Group spends nine hours returning jewelry. It's the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, oh. That's pretty good. That's smart. Yeah. That's good. Uh, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies featuring Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow are described as drunk guy keeps losing his transportation. <laughs> That's not right. I saw about 10 minutes of one of those and had no interest in it whatsoever. Oh, you uh, didn't the acting did you? The first sucked. one was I, good. <laughs> I, I couldn't have cared any less I, and still don't. I just thought it was stupid. And one of your favorite actors, Drake Keanu Reeves, in a movie that was described as public transportation running ahead of schedule for once. Speed. Speed. You got it, Sid. <laughs> oh, wow. What That's a, a classic. Yeah, man. That was great. <laughs> it is good. Shut up. That was fine entertainment. That's that's awesome. Good girl, stuff. Girl tries acid for the first time. There's the Wizard of Oz. Ah. <laughs> you know, I the other day when I was doing this uh, Pink Floyd thing, I, I really was tempted to find a way, because um, maybe it's HBO Max and it's just gotten the rights to a bunch of of these they have great the old Oz films, movie, yeah, and they have Wizard of Oz, and I I was kind of compelled to watch it, but I uh, I could probably sit up here and start that movie and the album on my computer and see what yeah. happened. I want um, I never did it either. There are those that swear by it, uh, and they. When I was doing some research for this this thing, 
the band had some comments about it, and it was a, a it was they denied any involvement in that theory at all. But still, uh, they highlighted some of the moments where things happen on the album, like when all the bells go off for time Mm -hmm. and um, a number of things that matched up. And you know how many, you know, stoners have tried this. Oh, sure. And are convinced that it was done that way. Because the album is 43 minutes and seconds um, in length. But the movie... Uh, is longer than that, but I guess that the biggest uh, crescendo is when it goes from black and white to color. I'm not sure, but someday I may do that. But because <laughs> I've, I've just always found the theory to be really interesting. It me too. But do you know what it would take to do that oh, to yeah. match up to a movie? And it was yeah, hard enough, I'm sure, for them to just make the album. Oh, the album. I I mean, I I just never. It's it has been a. Uh, a real um, revelation to me how how some of these albums are done. That one especially, and I've heard more comments about this one than any of the uh, previous ones that I've done, because the album has been around for so long and mm-hmm. has been has been you know studied and how they did it. Even when they explain uh, this remix from two thousand three. It's hard to understand all that they had to work with, because at first, back in '73, they had two or then maybe you know four tracks, mm-hmm. and they had to to lay track over track, like anybody who, who who made the albums back then with just four tracks, like the Beatles. They had to go over and over and over again uh, on these tracks, and and it was a it was a real challenge. But then they had the time, you know, 30 years on to go back and to recover some of the older stuff. And they recorded everything somehow on, uh, in, in a quad. And they have a diagram that shows how you should hear it if you're hearing Dark Side of the Moon properly. And it, it's, it's just mind-numbing to see how these guys, you know, work and how their brains work. What will be really fun now, and I saw a tiny clip of what of what um, Roger Waters is doing with the new version, and it was, it isn't, I won't call it unplugged, because you couldn't do that kind of stuff unplugged, no, not. but he is applying himself to this. Uh, in the interviews that I ran uh, in that show, they were all still, you know, friends and you know comrades and and colleagues they sure as hell aren't now no nope. uh, one of them's <laughs> dead and and roger's a dick and uh that's i don't know where it went so bad for them but but after dark side and he makes a comment in there kind of a, a sarcastic thing about after they were done with dark side and how much success it had um. Uh, about writing "Have a Cigar," and yeah. that was about the uh, success of that record. And then oh. they went and did um. What was that on? That was on uh, "Wish You Wish Were, you were here, here," right? Yeah, that had and that, that and that. "Welcome to the Machine." Yeah, I love that song. 
and they uh, they did wish you were here the wall there was something else between that. animals uh, animals I love animals and, yeah and and they did seven albums before dark side yeah so they were uh, way ahead of their time and it's hard to tell who they were all you know very very smart smart players but waters wrote all the words and um he wasn't as much of a of a caustic and you know you know burnout a hole yet in 03 but he sure got there right quick but yeah, uh, yeah it was a, it's an interesting thing to do it's a, you you just learn new things about these albums you've heard for 50 years that you never knew were there and it's um it's a real interesting thing to dive into yeah. all right there you go this is drake digital all right, this story is a bit confusing to me, but in this day and time of how security has changed and how your credit card can be used and your uh, in your face, or your uh, Amazon has rolled out a new system in various places, a contactless um, exchange that you pay for your stuff with. Now, first of all, where are, so so Amazon is putting itself in retail outlets more and more all the time and you show them your handprint like your fingerprint and you pay for it that way is that what this means kind of that is what this means well you know amazon and whole foods are already connected did they buy whole i don't remember how but yeah they did yeah so yeah. there's that connection and you know how you can now already take your credit card out and just tap it you don't have to put it in the machine anymore you right. just tap it you just hold the you know symbol over the thing and it goes beep and you pay well, this is even faster. You don't have to get, you don't have to go to all the trouble to spend five seconds to get your credit card out of your wallet and do it to the thing. You, yeah, in two, it, I know, it is such a hassle. And in two places in St. Louis at Panera Bread, you can just scan your hand. You hold your hand over whatever uh, thing they have there. I don't know what it looks like. And it goes beep and you can pay that way. And that's what Amazon is saying they're starting to do they're it's actually in more than 200 establishments in and outside the company said the vice president of amazon already right now but um, it begs so the question how do you verify how do you get your handprint in a, in this uh, let's call it a a database right how do you get your handprint in there to what to make it activate and pay your bill okay this doesn't tell me how but i imagine there is some kind of service that you pull up and it scans your hand and it saves your info so it knows that it's you just like just like already now you can if you set it up to where you don't have to type in your password on your iphone you can let it scan your face to open your to unlock your phone it's that seems the same. to happen a lot in the movies and tv shows that i watch yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, even even if somebody is dead they hold the phone up to their face and it unlocks their phone well, supposedly, on that note, they have improved or you're not, it, it knows if somebody, like if somebody's eyes are closed, it won't work. So if they're dead right. and their eyes are closed, right. it's yeah. supposed to not work, at least for an, the iPhone. But this, this lets people, this will let p customers scan their palms to pay. And it also can look up their customers like reward accounts or order histories 
or things like that. So it just makes and their it, family tree. It sounds like it's one so more hard privacy for me to get my credit intrusion. Card out, you know, <laughs> yeah. It but, sounds uh, like one more intrusion invasion into my privacy. Um, well, <laughs> it could uh, be to some people. Yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I hate to tell you about driver's to... licenses, but, uh, well, there's <laughs> that. Yeah. Is so, your fingerprint on your driver's license? I don't think that, that, that is. Nope. Okay. Have you ever had your fingerprints taken for any reason? Not yeah. since a demo in the scouts. Oh yes, it has. Cause she's a hardened criminal. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I, 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 mean, just, I think, I, I don't know. I have, and I, I don't remember, it seemed to be an innocent thing to me at the time. And I cannot recall what it was for, but it would be really hard to nail any of us except for Sid. Cause she's a, she's a crim. Um, <laughs> If you can't find your fingerprints, um, that's why in some of these TV shows I've been watching, and I, I've been watching some really dark shit, but um, this one guy who was killing people pulled all their teeth as his last move. Dental oh, records. Yeah. Right, yeah. Ooh, yeah. So if you have no fingerprints on file anywhere, and I, I wish I could remember why I had to do this, um, but this hand thing sounds like a lot more trouble than it's worth. When you go to, let's say Walgreens now, even their little machine, all you got to do is hold your card up mm -hmm. to the thing. It beeps mm -hmm. and you're done. Yeah, but the handprint seems to be an unnecessary step. And I, I don't know what, what the gain is. I don't well, get well, why it's a good thing. I, I mean, it's, it's it just it, people's opinion, good or bad, but like, it are it also says more than 50 of these are in use like for independent retailers stadiums and university customers i guess if you have a concert or a game and all these hundreds of people are coming to the gate it's going to be a lot faster get your ticket out please no just put your hand there and go huh. i guess but then but uh now, okay, is this the thing where you where you wave it, or are you going to have to like put your hand down on the scanner and wait for a second for it to get scanned? No clue. Because if you're if it's just where you're waving it over, the and it can read it like that, then that would be a lot faster. If you're putting it down and having it scanned, it's still going to be faster than digging out a card. But also, your hand is touching what everyone else's hand has touched. That's, I think yeah, it that, says yeah, scan, that, so yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking it might just be hovering above it. But if you that way you you if you lose your tickets that you bought, they're in your hand. They're on your hand. You're not going to lose your hand if you can't find your ticket in your purse or you left it or fell out. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like all these scenarios. But now, I just the, don't the see thing, how it's any convenience in at all. I can Amazon say how it would, would be faster once you get it set up. But then, the, of course, the, the gruesome question is, does blood have to be flowing through the hand for it to be red, or can I chop <laughs> off someone else's hands and use their pay <laughs> for, uh, account to pay? And uh, if you were Thing from the Adams family, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. would you be able just to you know cruise right through any of this? Well, you'd Probably. have to jump up and... Uh, <laughs> present your, your palm to the it. scanner but thing had some really good muscles so he could jump yeah, really he did. i don't think he yeah. would have any problem with that now thing <laughs> in the show wednesday had a lot he was he was much more flexible than he was in the tv show in the movies wasn't he yeah, he could he dance awesome around and like climb up stuff and and flip do you all, all kind of cool things yeah <laughs> um did any of y'all see uh what's her name uh, uh jenny ortega 
on uh, Saturday Night Live and see how how oh, fucking uh-uh. how, how 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 great she was. She was really really good. I need to watch. She's a star and she's about 2 feet tall too. <laughs> but she can act. She is hysterical. She was really really good. I well I'm not buying any of this. I <laughs> I just feel that I, I just feel to. so so invaded and so there's nothing private at all and I I'm tired of it. What's next? And there's hands, there's eyes, there's faces. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's not new in many cases of you know people that do this kind of stuff with the heavy intel and government and all that kind of stuff. I just think it's stupid. Here's well, my card. Either take it or not. I'm not going to show you my hand. No. I think um, another. I think another advantage though would be identity theft, curbing identity theft, maybe too. Uh, you can't the, steal my hand. You can steal my card. Yeah, but on you the know? other hand, if your identity gets stolen and you don't have the handprint, and then someone who stole your identity establishes an account with their handprint under your name. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how that's make... going to work, Wesley. <laughs> that's too much for me to think about. I, I got no clue. I, <laughs> uh, I, I found this all very, con- very confusing. Okay, uh, we had some texts about... On the note of uh, TV shows, um, I was watching um, You, the series. Hey, it's the garbage truck. Hey, guys. Morning. They're using a tank in South Haven now to pick up the trash. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, fellas. Jesus. Uh, And now Dino's going to (laughs) go. Shut up, boy. Um, The show is You. And if you like, I mean, really intensive murder mystery it's a it's a really complex show and the fourth season just came out and it's still in the top five on netflix and i got sucked into it i don't know why but i watched all four seasons of it and this guy uh would kill people and then pull the teeth out and all that this show if you like that kind of crime and suspense and this jekyll and hyde kind of a character who is a nice guy a handsome guy he gets involved with various people and he has to end up killing them and it's it's really good uh and we've discussed a bunch of other shows that are on ted lasso is on apple plus uh number two see uh, uh the the number two show came out last night there's a lot of stuff coming up this weekend succession on hbo the perry mason thing on hbo is also extremely weird and if you watch season one and you're going, since when did Perry Mason become a private eye? And why is Paul Drake a black street cop? It's very strange. And I'm watching that one, but I'm about to skip it over to season two because they changed everybody in charge. And now Perry Mason is an attorney and Paul Drake is his colleague. It's really weird. But who's watching what via our text line? Eight seven eight nine four two zero. Somebody says uh, Outlander on Stars. It's a series. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard Maybe. about that forever. I never found the attraction, but that's just ah. me. Okay. Uh, we were talking about Luther as well, and somebody says Luther has five seasons, ranging yep. from two to six episodes per season. Yep. I found and it last then- night based upon your recommendation, and I set it into my thinger and. Uh, what was it on? You said BBC, but it was on 
That's where something I found else. it in a Let story that it was something. on. I need to find it because I want to watch. What it. was um, Luther the series? Okay, let me see what happens here. Look at you! You talking to your smart devices, uh, so they could track you. Uh, it's Idris <laughs> Alba, who is a fantastic actor. Mm -hmm. I love him. Episodes. Start watching. What is it on? Um, it doesn't tell me, but there. It this began a long time ago, in 2010. Yeah. So there are. One, two, th I guess there are five seasons, and then this this movie is the culmination or the follow-up to those five seasons, right? I don't know if that's the word that you use, because when I read the description of the show, the series, it and I don't want to give it away, so I'm not going to say, but it said something about what happened to him. I don't know. Anyway, the he, movie he is really is, good. He is self-destructive. And he shines a light into the hearts and minds of psychopaths and killers. I am so in on that. The, the movie, he's great. The movie's really good. And it and the bad guy in the movie is Smeagol, plays Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. But do you have to watch the series to, to get the movie? No, no. Well, according to the stories that I read yesterday, no, you don't have to watch one to understand the movie. Uh, you don't have to watch okay. the series, don't you? Yeah. Luther is the is the um, is the TV seasons, and the movie is also called Luther. Luther, the movie is like Luther the, the Fallen Son or something. All right, cool. All right, what else? This person also says Perry Mason shows his transition to becoming a lawyer, which really sounds odd. That suddenly he's a he's a PI on the street, and then he takes some time off and goes to law school. I'm not watching I, it, so I don't know. I don't get it. I'm I'm baffled. Okay, I'll look into it. What, you, what else you got? Wondering if you have ever listened to John Moreland, listed influencers, influences or Tom Petty, Steve Earle, etc. Great songwriter. No, I have not, sir. I don't think uh, there's not enough hours in the day, man, for books, watching <laughs> TV, and 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 the music. It's overwhelming, but fun to look into all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Greg says another prime series to watch, Three Pines, a Canadian-produced series in the indigenous area of Canada. Great mystery. It's on my list. I started it and then stopped it, but it is on my uh, Amazon Prime front page. Thank you. I will get to that eventually. Thanks. And... After I watch John Wick kill everybody on Earth. <laughs> oh, but I hate Keanu Reeves, blah, blah, blah. He can't act his way out of a paper bag, which is why he has about four lines of dialogue in each film. That's Otherwise, cool. he's shooting the shit out of everybody in sight, but he don't talk much because he don't talk good. He can't. I know act it kind of makes he, me. He can't act. He's a douche. It makes me sad. Um, I like can, him because he's, he's supposed to be a, yeah. a very nice guy, but I could never get past all the Matrix stuff because the guy can't act, and I, no matter how hard I try, I cannot not see him in Bill and Ted's excellent douchey adventure. Oh, I, <laughs> I love that. I like I that too. <laughs> I just can't watch that stupid crap. Well, I just he was can't on, watch it. He was on Colbert, I don't know, in the past month or something. So watch that episode maybe and then just see how he is on Colbert. I, I don't know. Um, I like Ricky's, the guy. I, just, but, I yeah. mean, he is a, a, a badass up there with I mean, movie badasses from all time. I mean, good lord, he's it's 
It's just endless bloodshed, yeah. which is all we need. I think he's good looking. Um, Vicky says, better, better Call Saul airs April 18th. For some reason, I thought it was done, but she said she was looking at what's coming on Netflix in April, and it shows season six. The final epi- Apparently, the final episode already aired on AMC last year, so I don't know what that means. I know love, that love that's, and I, she might be confused because um, because Bob Odenkirk is in a brand new series on Netflix. I think. I think you're uh, right. As far as I better call Saul, I don't. I I couldn't tell you, but I know that Odenkirk is in a brand new series playing somebody else, which seems to be a pretty quick turnaround from being typecast as that character for a long time into a brand new series. I don't know. Look it up someplace, but I I couldn't tell you on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, I also want to congratulate everybody who won journey tickets from us in October because they came in and they have been sent to people's emails in via via me and via Ticketmaster. So congrats to Brian and John and Philip and uh, who else? Um, it doesn't matter. Jim, anyway, let's say so, Jim. All right. So thank groovy. You. All right, thank you all. Uh, more of this coming up. This is Drake Digital. In various parts of the country and various school systems and libraries and such, uh, more books were banned last year than ever before. And there's no reason to go off on a hateful tangent about how uh, how horrible that is. Uh, but it is what it is. It's always been in play. We've burnt books. We've burned records. We've burned witches. We should burn a lot of people. Uh, like... Like what's uh, what's his nuts down there in uh, Florida, Governor uh, Ron Hitler, and so uh, they're banning books, and now he's trying to expand. The first thing about "Don't Say Gay" thing was uh, for kids from pre-K to third grade, and that 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 has a uh, that makes a little bit of sense. That small kids don't understand, nor do they need to be. Um, exposed to all this stuff, unless of course they have two mommies, which is a whole That's, different story. Well, yeah. yeah. And what what do you do if your if your kid who's in second grade has a friend who has two dads or two moms? Exactly. It's just hiding your head in the sand and being afraid of things you don't understand. Uh, he uh, yesterday his uh, in his ongoing Nazi brilliance, he wants to expand that to grade school and into high school. What is wrong with you? What do you? Anybody that wants to find out about how the human body or how uh, what their sexuality is is going to find out well before they're thirteen or fourteen years old. Right. Uh, and it's and they aren't going to find it in some. It's just so uh, beyond the pale. It's annoying to even bring up. But the banning of books continues because this asshole and people like him will persist and but someday he'll be gone and they'll just change all the rules back that's my only hope of an optimism in that area uh this one however a little bit more interesting internet archives face an uphill battle in a lawsuit uh over their free digital library does this involve the banning of things in that realm or not not exactly. The first, some background, the Internet Archive opened in 1996. Their point was to digitize newspapers, and that has grown since then. And they are saying this is kind of like a physical library. We're a nonprofit. In 2005, they started uh, uh, 
digitizing books. So they say they scan like 4,000 plus books a day in 18 places around the world and then load them up onto the Internet, which lets anyone go and read them. Well, publishers of books have kind of a problem with this. Because what the what they have done is they the four major book publishers have gotten together to sue them, saying basically that uh, with this collection of digitized books available to anyone to read on the internet without requiring any kind of payment hurts writers and publishers who lose out on a payout. Hmm. Yep. So they're saying that their actions grossly exceeded legitimate library services, do violence to the Copyright Act, and constitute willful digital piracy on an industrial scale. And I've got to say, as convenient as the Internet Archive is, they have a really good point. I, I would rather sell copies of my book than have people read it for free on the Internet Archive and me get nothing for that. So... I see their point on this. What, they said, so why has this not ever been an issue till now? Because what you just said makes you go ding, ding, ding. Uh, because if that if this were were a a song, the artist would raise hell if somebody could find it in the library and jam to it, and they get nothing for it. Right? Is it kind of the same thing? It is kind of the same thing. Now, uh, brick and mortar libraries, which provide a great service by letting the general public go get a book, check it out, uh, read it, return it, and not pay anything. And sometimes yeah. they'll charge a nominal fee if you if you check out, say, uh, CDs or albums or something like that. But the but there is a physical copy of it involved, and the publishers got paid for that physical copy that's sitting in the yeah. library. Mm-hmm. So that's a different thing than this, which there's there's no payment going out to the publishers apparently at all and that is a, now as for why it's gone on this long yeah. i'm not sure maybe the uh, publishers first didn't think it was much of a problem and now they're seeing how much it is and maybe since it takes a long time for things to go from the first movement of you got to stop this or we're going to sue you to getting in front of a federal judge this might have been in the works for uh, a couple of years. Oh, in fact, it was in the work started in uh, 2020. So that's still a long time that they went From without doing a whole yeah. lot about it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah that's, that, that really is. God, well, they, overlooked. Jeez. They digitized the wrong person's book, bitch. Well, that's, just, <laughs> that's yeah, what happens. <laughs> uh, I wonder why this is just now coming to light. Well, I mean, so they didn't start with books in two, 2005, but that was still 15 years from when they started doing that. So maybe their uh, their first movements were to digitize old uh, public domain books like Moby Dick. No yeah. one's losing out on money if, if you don't buy a copy of Moby Dick if you read it online. It's public domain. So uh, yeah. there's a lot of that out there. And so maybe it, it, they just raised these red flags when they started moving into books that are still protected by the Copyright Act. Mm, interesting, interesting. All right. Also, on uh, we we can't get away from AI. Just forget about it. It's here. Someday you'll be replaced by a, by a a robot. It's inevitable. Just uh, stand by. Uh, Chat GPT is a new development every day, and I see it on Microsoft. They're trying to force this down my throat with Bing and 
if they're trying to put new little icons on my I don't want this stuff on my screen I have enough I don't want it uh, but the AI the robot the improvements upon how they can change the world and change our lives interesting comparison between uh, AI and CEOs of companies now could they do I mean could and would an AI work cheaper and get the same results the first thing I would that popped into my mind was the people over at the uh, at, at uh, Disney who uh, went to hell in a handbasket after Bob Iger left he was there I think as CEO what three times over the past three or three or four decades anyway the place was just uh, falling apart the theme parks they'd raised prices too high uh, Disney Plus TV was a mess so they brought in uh, Bob Iger again to fix it and he apparently is on the path to doing that so let's do a cross look at AIs and CEOs and who's doing a the a better job Wes has this story Yes, the story talks about NetDragon Websoft. It's a online gaming firm. They have an annual revenue of about $2.1 billion, so not a small company. They have a new CEO that they uh, his name is Tang Yu. Like a CEO, Tang was responsible for all the typical duties of a company flat figurehead, the story says, reviewing high-level analytics, making leadership decisions, assessing risk, and fostering an efficient workplace. Huh. Tang worked 24-7, did not sleep, and was compensated exactly $0 per year because yeah, uh, Tang wasn't human. She was a virtual robot powered by AI. And wow. over oh. the time since Tang was put in place, the company has gone basically way up and outperformed the stock market in the Hong Kong stock market by almost 20%. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> and, what does that say for the future? This says a lot. The story goes on to talk about how there's so much talk that all these workers could be replaced by automation and artificial intelligence and how the people in charge of these companies are celebrating that because it's cost-cutting measures, but not a whole lot of them are talking about how they might be replaced and the company that they used to work for come out better. They talk about the pay. The average pay for a Fortune 500 CEO is $16 million per year. Of course it is. Over the past 45 years, the average worker pay in the United States has only gone up about 18%, which hasn't kept up with overall inflation, I don't think. The average CEO pay has gone up 1,460%. Oh, my so gosh. So one, one CEO is paid the equivalent of almost 400 regular workers. And so, but... You know, they're the CEOs, right? They're the ones in charge. They're making the decisions. They're making the hard calls. They're looking yeah. at all this data that's very specific. They're looking yeah. at the specialized stuff, and they are they are working as a team for the company. Well, they also cost a whole lot of money, and it turns out that a lot of times they're doing really bad. Yep. And yep. They, they so they can get they have clawed their way up to the upper echelon of these businesses and are sitting in the big comfy chairs. And if even if they do horribly, if they do things, if they have a performance record so horrible that a common level worker would have been fired three, four times, they can just quit or get fired and have a great package on the way out. They're going to be fine. 
That was my last thought was the smartest move that any of them make is the golden parachute uh, because they can go up, they, they, they achieve that goal of being the CEO of whatever the case may be. They're making a lot of money. Uh, if they're really good, they sit back and they do their job. They, they uh, delegate, they succeed in their, and uh, people around them succeed or they destroy the entire thing and get fired. And they pull somebody in to fix their mistakes. On the way out, their their payouts are unbelievable. I know people in this business that have worked at a lot higher level than I ever did. Uh, one guy that that started the E Entertainment Network. Um, he went on to, um, to be the CEO of NPR for a bit. Honest to goodness. Uh, this guy was in, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, VH1 involvement, but he was in a number of the CEO high level, making a lot of damn money. And he got fired from every job that he had eventually because the, this, the, the media world is a very non-ending dog eat dog, uh, kind of thing, but he would get these huge gigs. And then in about two or three years, somebody would replace him for whatever reason. He, he's, he is a multimillionaire based upon getting fired. And that's how you do it. So yeah. <laughs> if you kids out there want to take some notes, read the contract and get a big payout when they blow your ass out the door, which shouldn't be very long. Yes. Unbelievable. So, so let's review what we've learned. Let's use robots. Well, what CEOs do is they, well, what they, they track the company performance, they make budgets, they forecast, they plan strategy, uh, they you know, implement proposed plans, they have to talk with the board, they have to do PR, I guess. But a lot of that, especially those first couple ones, tracking company performance and AI yeah. would be able to do that. Easy. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that they do. Budgeting and forecast. They could do a budget quick uh, forecast. I guess if they pick up on on trends, uh, by if you like, you asked a AI to write a poem, they would go out and uh, look for poems to draw from. The CEO AIs would go looking for pertinent information to like like the people would do, and could probably disseminate it a whole lot better and faster. Mm, 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 mm. And if you're a CEO well, making too much money, they know the next guy will do the same job as you, but require or ask for less. Mm, That's why. Yeah. Well, know. the future is now. The uh, good news. This is Drake Digital. Okay, we're gonna play with some little slideshows here. Uh, they may be real. They may be not. It's up to you to decide because sometimes you can't tell the difference and satire and the real world. And that's one more, that's one more bad sign for the future of mankind. People don't understand satire and never have, and some never will, but it's all in how you play it. The uh, trick questions that police ask you when they pull you over and how to respond. <laughs> okay. Now, we've all been here. There's nothing that tightens yeah. your sphincter. Do you have one of those, Sid? Uh, yes, it turns out. Um, okay. I have uh, to poop. Did, uh, I didn't realize it. Oh, that was, boy, T, am I much? Um, <laughs> uh, cop at the window of the car. 
Do you know why I pulled you over? Okay. Oh, that's always their very first question. And let's see here what the answer should be. Because you have a power complex that manifests itself in arbitrary and cancerous ways. <laughs> that probably isn't the best way to go about this. I, I would not recommend that. That would not be a good idea. Can I search your car, says the officer, smiling. And the response is, no, thank you. I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> that probably wouldn't play well either. Can we pin this crime you did not commit on you? Okay. <laughs> At least they asked. Yeah. Uh, response, no, but thank you for asking. <laughs> I like I like that one pretty good. Uh, why are you resisting? Stern-faced officer in the photograph. I'm not. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do I know you from somewhere? The officer is asking. Just say the name of any white supremacist group and you'll likely get off with a warning. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's probably the damn truth. Um, depends upon, I guess. We're, we're, is this your bag of crystal meth? Cop asks. <laughs> no, sir. It's yours. You can have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I give it to you. Uh, I'm having a rough day. Can I have a hug? I guess is the cop asking the person in the car. No. The officer will then use this as an excuse to claim you assaulted him. Alrighty then. <laughs> this is not making the police look very good, is it? You, can you do me a little favor and place this bag of coke in your pocket? Uh, the officer is asking. <laughs> I don't think I can. Uh, response. Never do a police officer's job for him. <laughs> okay. Do you know how fast you were going? The officer asks the person he stop, stopped. Yes, I was, I was going exactly 170,344 furlongs per fortnight. Good luck with that conversion rate. Oh uh -huh. uh, that, that likely is a, too much of a smart-ass answer. Do not be ugly with the cops. They have a bad enough job as it is. Question. Will you help me turn my body cam off? This is from a pretty young officer. Uh, you laugh and say that you're not very good with technology. I can't, I, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, the cop asks you, do you like my awesome badge? Yes. yes. You are so cool and strong. For being a policeman. <laughs> okay, I I I like these things. Sometimes they're cute and sometimes they're a waste. Um, but it does fill time, doesn't it, Wes? Uh, <laughs> kids react to loosened child labor laws. Several states <laughs> okay. have recently introduced bills to eliminate age verification. I can't believe the shit I read uh, for young workers. Several kids were asked how they felt about these loosened child labor laws, and they had these responses. Oh boy, here we go. Um, uh, this little girl says, I think that a colleges will be impressed I survived being sucked into an industrial loom. Um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty... Wow. Uh, 
How do you like the new child child labor laws? This little girl is two years old. Her response, I go slaughterhouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just put her right in there? No, Kyle's not funny. Ellie Dobbs, who is six. I'm not five anymore. Time to start earning my keep. <laughs> she did not so she that. gets it. She uh, She's ready to go to work. How do kids like the new possibility of child labor laws? This is from Hannaby, Hannaby, uh, Hannah Huckabee Sanders, 11. Her mother uh, is the governor of Arkansas, which is so unfortunate. She says, my mom says this law is only for kids who don't live in the governor's mansion. Ha ha. Tracy Peters, I'm going to skip her. Cassie Stevens is 12. New labor laws for kids. Uh, normally, I wouldn't want a job. She's 11, I said. Uh, uh, yeah. But I need that money to help raise the baby the state's going to force me to have. So she has to have oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. some money. <laughs> Nobody is sacred. Avery Hamilton is 11. Looks very defiant. My childhood was lasting too long as it was. He's ready to prepare. <laughs> uh, Moira Dodds is five and little angelic face. I think you'll find I have all the experience for any open princess positions. <laughs> okay. That was cute at least. Ava Kim is 15. It'll be fun to see whether I get shot at school or work first. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm telling you, this stuff stings, but it comes from a, 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 a true place. Um, let's see. Kids react to loosened labor laws for children. This kid is, let's see, how old is he? He's eight. This means I'll have more time to play with my rock friends when I'm down in the mine shaft. <laughs> <laughs> the rock friends. His friends are rocks. Yeah. Nellie Keeler is eight. She says... All these laws, good. I'm tired of being a leech on society. <laughs> so she has the right attitude by God to succeed. Harper Kim is four. CEOs will be happy to know that we won't be fighting for a four-day work week since most of us can't count that high yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. Um, Elton John in a story that kind of uh, continues the mystery, if it is a mystery, as to how he and uh, Bernie Taupin wrote their music over the years together. Now, this has to be a bit more complicated uh, than we've all been told, although um, uh, as creative as Elton is and Bernie Taupin, he's the guy that wrote every word to every song that Elton has ever sung, as far as I know. Elton never had the desire to contribute any lyric uh, content of, of any kind. And the story goes uh, that they would be apart for whatever time it took, and Bernie wrote all the songs. He just wrote the poems, if you will. And looking back from the very beginning, um, there were simple songs uh, in some cases, like your song. And then they got 
more complex and complicated as time went on. Mad Men Across the Water produced uh, Tiny Dancer and Live On. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road must have been a real uh, thing to, I guess, wrangle with. The point is, is that he would take all the material he had written, all the lyric sheets, and he would meet Elton wherever they recorded. And uh, Elton had already composed the melodies and the tunes in some cases. And he would take the lyric sheet that Bernie had brought and interpret the lyric and the phrasing and put it into and create a song. So Bernie brought words. Elton had some ideas on the piano. And he would take one of the tunes and take one of his interpretations that was already laid down and make it fit the words. Now that sounds almost too simple or too easy. But maybe not, um, because there was a time back in the back in the 70s, the labels wanted an album, at least one album, every year, mm-hmm. sometimes two, which is why a bunch of bands from that decade ended up either breaking up or becoming junkies or drunks or died because of all the, the never-ending, uh, the ongoing pressure to, to do an album, tour, album, tour, and so forth. So Elton John, uh, they were uh, doing an interview. I don't know where this was or what it was for. Uh, the thing, the headline is that Sir Elton John is stunned to learn the true story behind Rocket Man. Now there are a lot of stories, are songs by them, that the lyrics don't really. They're abstract. Right? I mean, they're not your usual, you know, hire and fire and desire, that kind of, you know, rhyming nonsense. Yeah. They're much more complex than that. And that was the result of Bernie Taupin's gift for writing abstract and weird little songs and, and, and poems that Elton turned into songs. But looking back, you can just think about some of the things that uh, were pretty complex, like, you know, Levon. Um, you know, uh, just uh, handing out tickets for God and uh, and the lines like that. Elton, who is now 75, sat down for this interview with his longtime partner, Bernie Taupin, not his husband, his partner in business. Mm-hmm. And the two sp- spoke candidly about the song Rocket Man. Uh, they met in 67 when they both answered an advertisement for songwriting. <clears throat> So I guess, uh, so they have since then, <clears throat> pardon me, worked on more than 30 albums. Uh, and Bernie has written the lyrics for Tiny Dancer and uh, Candle in the Wind and Levon and Crocodile Rock and Elderberry Wine and Goodbye Yo- on and on and on. As they Now this is a little bit of insight into maybe Elton didn't ask any questions about what the songs were about. He just made up the music. They did it. Done. Take three. Use that one next. As they spoke about this, about Rocket Man, Elton said he did not know the inspiration behind it. Wouldn't you want to know what the song yeah. is about? Or do you care? <laughs> it depends on how much of a hurry you're in. Okay. Sir Elton says Rocket Man was, was our first ever number one song, I think. It was on Honky Chateau. Uh, that was a great album. 
Honky Cat was the first single. Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's is on that record, uh, but Rocket Man was their first number one hit. It was a pretty uh, easy song to write uh, the the a melody to, he says, because it's about space, so it is a very spacious song. The hit was uh, double platinum, two million copies sold, uh, and so on. And uh, it is the space theme is has been compared to Bowie's Space Oddity. I don't know why, but I guess it was just that uh, simple. Then Bernie reveals in the interview the source of the inspiration, which is where this catches your attention if you read and know about books like Ray Bradbury, which Wesley is uh, familiar with, mm -hmm. one of our uh, maybe the earliest well-known science fiction writer, if you can categorize him as just that. Um, this song uh, was based upon a short story that was turned into a movie that I remember seeing as a kid and being freaked out about it. Do you have any idea what I'm referring to? A Not short I. story mm -mm. turned into a film. The Illustrated Man, which was about a man mm -hmm. who was tattooed from his head to his feet. Yeah. Remember that that uh, movie? I remember I, I know I know the book title. I don't don't I don't know that I ever knew it was a movie. Uh it's a movie and I recall seeing it as a little kid and thinking it was really freaky. In that book, there was a story called The Rocket Man, which was about how astronauts in the future world would become kind of an everyday job. So I took that idea and I ran with it. Okay. Wow. And he got the inspiration from the Bradbury book that contained that, that, uh, that you know, short story. So when they were kids, um, the idea for us as kids was to be a, you know, fireman or a doctor. Sure. Uh, but in that day, he thought that that story and, or that piece of the book said that someday we could all be astronauts. And he thought, how cool is that? And Elton looks at him and says, do you know, I never knew that. Huh. He never knew what the song was about. It was That's inspired so by this story by Ray Bradbury. And that long ago. Um, and how many other things does Elton not know that Bernie was writing about? Um, Bernie still has secrets, um, says this 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 little 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 up piece here. And goodness knows what inspired it. But um, the Rocket Man was written by, as were all the songs by Bernie Taupin, all the words, and that's where that came from. So now you know that useless piece of trivia. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you might be on and, a game show and need it one time. You I, might I, now I gotta hear you know, now I gotta hear the song again and really, really listen to the lyrics. Well then here it is on Drake Digital. <laughs> 